John Henry angered Red Sox fans. Peter Angelos is angering Baltimore Orioles fans because he always does. Vlad Jr. had some things to say about the Yankees, and Aaron Boone had some things to say about the shortstop battle that should be happening in spring training. We're going to talk about it all next. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Saturday. It's Saturday, and it's a special Locked On Yankees. I'm your host, Stacey Gonsoulias. Locked On Yankees is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I've been the host of Locked On Yankees since 2018. I'm a baseball writer and a podcast host, and you can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter, Stay Scots. S-T-A-C-E-G-O-T-S for the audio audience. And if you're watching on YouTube, just take the first few letters of both names because that full name is too much for Twitter. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can hit the thumbs up button to like our videos. You can click on the bell so you're notified. And this podcast is on every podcasting platform available. Seems like new ones are popping up every day. So why are we doing this on a Saturday? Because I hurt my back yesterday and I couldn't sit up for more than 20 minutes at a time. So I figured, okay, let's delay the show until Saturday. I'm recording this ooh, about an hour and a half before the Giants and the Eagles play. And uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a fun time for everyone. So what do we have to talk about today? Well, I spoke about this the other day. I spoke about how As much as we complain about Hal Steinbrenner, at least he doesn't say stupid things directly to Yankee fans. Unlike Phil Castellini, who directly said silly things to Reds fans. Peter Angelos, who continues to say silly things to Orioles fans. And John Henry, who said silly things to Red Sox fans this weekend. It was Winterfest for Red Sox fans. And John Henry and Chaim Bloom were both booed heartily. John Henry basically told Red Sox fans (laughs) that the high ticket prices at Fenway are necessary to carry high payrolls, that that's the only way that they can compete with the Mets and the Dodgers and the Yankees. Peter Angelos of the Orioles was complaining that or complaining? No, he was saying he hoped he could increase the payroll. Does someone want to tell him that he owns the team, that he signs off on everything, and that he's the one who can raise the payroll? It's his decision. He can say to his general manager, go get this guy. We're going to pay for him. Why are these guys acting like This is what it feels like to me. It feels like the owners who complain about not being able to spend money are acting like they're being forced to shop at Dollar Tree for groceries and that the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, the teams that spend all the money are buying all their food at like Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. You have money too. You have lots of money. And your fan bases are going to get annoyed when you complain about the big boys, the evil empire. The Yankees aren't even the evil empire anymore. There are other teams that outspend them. 
So you can't even do that anymore. It's like, what are you doing? So as much as we complain about Hal and certain things that he does, at least he doesn't open his mouth, usually, and say embarrassing things. Occasionally he will, but he doesn't sit there in front of Yankee fans spewing these talking points to make the fans try and sympathize with you, you, the fans are not going to sympathize with you guys. You're extremely rich. And you're making it so a family of four has to save up for like a year to go to your stadium. It's like going to Disney World in the 80s. It's ridiculous. No wonder why Red Sox fans were booing him. It doesn't help that Fenway doesn't fit a lot of people either and the demand is high and there's not as many seats and I kind of understand the high ticket prices but to claim that that's the only way that you can get a high payroll you have billions of dollars at your disposal what are you doing what are you doing I don't uh, my whole thing is that they keep saying these things directly to the fans it's not like they're doing it in a media scrum outside of a locker room you know like having a conversation with the uh, beat writers after a game. No, they're doing it in a forum with a microphone in their hands, sitting on a chair, looking out at an audience of working class people complaining that they can't spend money. While, like I said, working class people save up in order to go to baseball games because it costs so much, it's basically like a vacation. They're not going to sympathize with you. They're just not. And I don't know why these guys are, I mean, I get it. They're rich and they're out of touch, but they're so out of touch. They're so out of touch. But Angelos really cracked me up. Yeah, I'm hoping to raise the, you know, I'm hoping we're able to pay more money and raise the payroll. That's your job, dude. You're the owner. You're the one that signs off on it. You're the one who says, yeah, let's, let's do this. Stop trying to pretend that you can't do it. You're so hamstrung, you can't do it. The Orioles had a pretty good team last year. They really did. They shocked the hell out of everyone. Finishing in fourth place, finishing ahead of the Red Sox, and almost making the playoffs. They were very close to making the playoffs with the new system. But that fan base deserves a better team. They deserve a better, well, they deserve a better owner because Yes, there are good players on that team, and they were good enough to finish the way they did. But I feel like Baltimore baseball fans are really hungry. And when was the last? They won 40 years ago, right? 1983. We're coming up on 40 years since that team won something. They've made the playoffs since then, obviously, but they're deprived. They need something. The last playoff memory they have is this 2016 wildcard game. When Buck wouldn't take Zach Britton out of the bullpen. That's not a fun last playoff memory to have. And have it be almost seven years old at this point. Yeah. I just don't understand these guys. Well, I obviously don't. Because I'm not rich. I'm far from it. So I don't have that mentality. It's just so funny that they complain that they can't spend money in front of people who have to scrounge to get playoff tickets and who probably saved a lot of money, especially the Winterfest for the Red Sox fans, you know, they're taking time out to go to these events 
and you're sitting there listening to this guy saying, well, we have to charge a lot of a lot of money for the ticket prices because that's the only way we can compete with these other teams. Let's not act like Boston is Wawa, Washington. It's Boston, for the love of God. I know demographically it's not one of the top three markets, but it's, again, Boston. I don't understand the problem here. Yeah, so there was a lot of talking going on this weekend. And speaking of talking in front of fans and saying things, we're going to discuss... Hmm. We're going to discuss Vlad Jr. saying something. Because, of course, Vlad Jr. is saying something. He always says something. We'll discuss that in a moment. But first, looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Bilt Bar. We just got through the holidays, and my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to get healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then I've got the thing for you. You've got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. But seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. And they're perfect for that New Year's resolution. We're 21 days into the new year. If you're still doing your resolutions, good for you. What makes Built Bars so good? They're covered in 100% chocolate. Real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. And I'm not sure how they do it, but the bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. They're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around for a box. For years, we've been telling you to order the Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, awesome, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter it's so good and churro you can thank me later thank you for making locked on yankees your first listen every day for your second listen listen to locked on mlb prospects host lindsey crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he has every team covered it's available on every podcasting platform available i said this on a show i I think it was december I was talking about how I don't mind Vlad Jr. mouthing off because it's kind of fun to have that rivalry thing happening. And it's not just Vlad Jr. Um, Alec Alec Manoa likes to mouth off as well. He got into a tiff with Garrett Cole, uh, Aaron Judge, Luis Severino. Like, you know, let's fire things up a little bit because it's getting a little boring around baseball. And I kind of like the whole rivalry thing. But at a fan event... Vlad Jr. was asked by a little girl who was the easiest team to play against. And he said the Yankees. Sir, your team went 8-11 and against the Yankees last year. The Yankees won two out of three in that last series in your house. Remember you called it your house when you walked off in that first game? And then the Yankees come back clinch the division, and then they still beat you in the hangover game after they celebrated winning the division. What are you talking about? He's so desperate for this rivalry to be something. It's funny. And I know I just said I'd like for it to be a rivalry, like an actual rivalry, and I would, but it's not there yet. You're not there yet. The Yankees and the Astros are a rivalry. Like the Yankees and the Twins. 
<laughs> that's a rivalry. Unfortunately, the Yankees are on the wrong end of it, but that's a rivalry. You guys aren't there yet. You're not there yet. I know you're trying to get there, and that's why you're doing this, but what? It, it makes no sense. Yeah, they, they were the easiest team for you to play. Yes, definitely. Finishing 8-11 and 11 against them. What? And it's funny, too, because that first series, you know, the Yankees took two out of three against the Red Sox. Then they played four against Toronto, and it was split 2-2. And my thought going into last season, I figured that the Yankees were going to have a lot of trouble with Toronto, a lot of trouble with the Rays. And they actually didn't. They really didn't. So, I don't know. It's just funny to me. I find that hilarious. And then... Rogers Center, or Sky Dome, as Toronto natives like to call it because they don't like calling it Rogers Center, is going under a massive renovation and they're fixing or, you know, moving in the fences. So let me tell you about this because it's kind of interesting. Per sources, the new dimensions, the right center field alley is moving in from 375 to 357 left center field is going from 375 to 366 center field is going from 400 to 397 and the lines are expected to stay stay the same at 328 now this is what gets me now that i believe the fences are going to stay as high as they are so you might be seeing a lot of doubles but a blue jays pr rep asked this guy Scott Mitchell who had tweeted out the dimensions to clarify the wall height saying it's not going to be Yankee Stadium in right field they also say that they'll share the most up-to-date plan with the public next month why, why are you gonna bring Yankee Stadium into it I say this all the time they don't move the fences back when your team is batting so if you can't hit something out in right field in Yankee Stadium that's your fault <laughs> And if the Yankees take advantage of it, like, really? Why? Did, how come no one ever mentions the pesky pole? That thing is 97 feet away from home plate in Fenway Park. But no, it's always about Yankee Stadium. Everyone's always complaining about Yankee Stadium's right field. Give me a break. So yeah, that's two instances where the Blue Jays had the Yankees. The Yankees are rent-free in their heads already. It's only January. I kind of love it, but it's also kind of annoying. It's like, really? The Yankees haven't done anything. Although it will be interesting. And I think they're doing other things in Rogers Center in the renovations to make it better for the fans. Because it is a pretty generic ballpark. It opened at the very beginning of the 90s. And it's very 90s, you know, um... And we're getting to the point where those stadiums are old now. It was right before the retro stadium started opening. So, you know, a couple of years before Camden Yards opened. And it's still that looking like a dual stadium stadium, even though it's not dual stadium right now. So they're trying to... Yes, $300 million. I knew the figure was big. I had 200 in my head. But the renovation to the stadium, because um, they're 
they're fixing things around the stadium as well, not just moving the fences in. It won't be complete until 2024. So they're going to have some things happening while they're playing there next year. But, you know, they're going to be adding like restaurant areas and opening the concourses in some spots so you can see the field from the concourses uh, because they don't really have that in that place. I've never been, but I want to go. And the Yankees are playing there a couple of times. There's one trip in May I was looking at because the Yankees are playing a mid midweek series for four games. But I believe there's another one in September, maybe. So I'm looking to go up there. I've been wanting to go to Toronto for a while. Supposed to go up there 20 years ago with my best friend. And we never got up there. And uh, I kind of want to get up there at some point. Part of me doesn't want to go when the Yankees are playing, though. My Toronto Blue Jay friends guaranteed me that if they went to the game with me, they wouldn't let people know I was a Yankee fan because I don't go into opposing stadiums with Yankee gear on. I'm just, I don't want people attacking me. I'm not one of those people. If you are, more power to you, but I am not. I don't like having people yell at me. It's just not fun. I went to game two of the NLCS in 06. And my boss, who's a Mets fan, I sat with her in NBC seats. She let me know that night. It was a Friday night. She said, I know you don't like the Mets, but I have an extra ticket for the NLCS game tonight. You want to go? I said, yes, I've never been to the NLCS. Cool, let's go. And I wasn't going to tell anyone I was a Yankee fan. I was dressed very neutrally. I wasn't wearing anything. And she's telling everyone around. Everyone around us. She's a Yankee fan. She's a Yankee. I'm like, could you not tell people I'm a Yankee fan? I don't need everyone to know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't do that. But if you do that, good for you. I did it when I was younger. I don't do it anymore. So in a moment, we're going to talk about, I almost said Aaron Judge, Aaron Boone talking about uh, Oswald Peraza and talking about spring training and the battles coming up for positions on the team. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But first. Okay, so Aaron Boone had an interview with the S Network. And he talked about Oswald Peraza. And, oh, by the way, all the rankings are coming out for the prospects, all different types of rankings. And I'm looking to do a show on Monday. I know I've been moving the schedule around because we're only doing three days a week. But I think I'm going to do four shows next week, Monday and then Wednesday through Friday. And Monday show is going to be like a Miners Monday. And we're going to talk about all the prospect rankings. So... Talking about the shortstop battle, because there will be in spring training, Aaron Boone said that Peraza appears to be the favorite out of Volpe and Peraza heading into spring training. Boone said, I was really pleased how well he handled himself at the big league level as far as his preparation, his work, the way he fit in, the way he performed between the lines. He's going to have a real opportunity and get a lot of chances. I'm really excited about him. And it's true. Peraza looked great in the 18 games that he played with the Yankees. Um, he hit 306. He stole two bases. He hit a home run. He played great defense. And, you know, he did well with the Rail Riders. He had 19 home runs, 50 runs batted in, 33 stolen bases in 99 games. And it was really annoying that they didn't play him as much as we wanted them to in September when he came up. So Boone, of course, talked about 
Isaiah Kiner-Falefa as well, saying, With IKF, we feel we have a guy capable of being a starting big league shortstop. He could also fit in from a versatility standpoint with all he brings to the table moving positions. But we'll let that shake out during or throughout spring training. And then it continues to show itself throughout the season. Okay. You all know my opinion about this. Now, if you're new to the show... I don't want IKF anywhere near shortstop. And I was very happy when they benched him in the playoffs. And they should have done it sooner. They should have had Peraza play more games in September. We saw that IKF was having issues at shortstop. And his numbers may not have been as bad on paper. But we watched him play the position. It was not good. It was not good. But he was a liability throughout the season he really was and they kept coming out after every game talking about how he was one of the best shortstops in baseball and it wasn't true it was just annoying now anthony volpe also has a chance to make an impression at spring training now he only played in 22 games with wilkes bar last year triple a so he might need more experience with triple a but I wouldn't be surprised if you see both Volpe and Peraza up at some point toward the end of the season. I'm not willing to put money on it, but I'm I'm thinking you might see both of them. And Boone said, obviously, we're really excited about Anthony Volpe. We think he's going to be a really good player for us for a lot of years. We'll see him in spring training. He's going to get a lot of reps. He hasn't had a lot of triple, t- triple A time, but you never know. He could still kick the door in and force the onus on us. (laughs) I was looking at the quote and I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Yes. Force the onus on us. So Volpe slashed. I can't stand when they do that. He batted 251, 348, 472 with 18 home runs, 60 runs batted in and 31 doubles, 44 stolen bases in 110 games with double A Somerset to begin last season. So, yeah, you know, the Yankees have possibilities at shortstop. They don't have to play IKF. They could also, and I said this last year, IKF seems to be better at third. He's not great, but he seems to be better at third. And the Yankees are stuck with Josh Donaldson. And if there's a time when Josh Donaldson needs to sit, IKF, you can plug him in at third, put Peraza at short. Hello? Just do that. I don't understand what the big issue is here. Make me the general manager. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't know anything about that. But I'm really hoping that both Volpe and Peraza make a really good impression. But I think Peraza, I mean, he obviously has an inside track. And I feel like even if he does slightly well in spring training the Yankees will bring him aboard they saw what he's capable of in September he didn't wilt in the playoffs either so I don't know what I don't even know why there's a battle maybe they're saying there's going to be a battle right publicly just to make it not seem so bad for IKF but just start Peraza do something different guys Put the exciting young kid at shortstop. Kind of like what you did with Derek Jeter. All those years ago. 27 years ago. That was painful. That was painful. Okay, so what did we learn today? 
owners should not talk in front of baseball fans. They just shouldn't. <laughs> I know teams like to have these fan fests. I know they like to have the front office people talk to the fans, but mm, there have been missteps the past couple of weeks from some of these guys, and they just don't get it. They don't understand that the average baseball fan is not going to sympathize with their billionaire problems, and they just, they have to stop. They have to stop. Vlad Jr. cannot get the Yankees off his brain, and neither can, can uh, Toronto PR people, apparently. And uh, they're moving the fences in at Rogers Center slash Sky Dome, and uh, that'll be interesting next year. The Yankees don't play there as much as they have in the past because of the open schedule and all the different teams they'll be playing aside from the AL East that'll be exciting but you know as I said they have a four game series in May up there so we'll see how the pushed in fences will do with the Yankees I mean maybe the Yankees will just be hitting bombs over them and it doesn't matter and the shortstop battle and if you're not watching on YouTube and you're listening on audio I did air quotes because I do that a lot maybe it's not going to really be a battle Maybe Peraza's going to win the job. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be awesome if the Yankees could do something different than what we're expecting them to do? I know they gave IKF the $6 million contract. That doesn't mean he has to play. He doesn't have to play. He could be a utility player. $6 million. It's not like they're paying him $60 million, right? Exactly. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can subscribe to us on every podcasting platform available. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can click the thumbs up to like our videos, hit the bell so you're notified, and please comment. Please comment. And Monday, we're going to do a show about the minor leagues because all the prospect rankings are out. All different places are ranking the prospects in different ways, and it's so much fun to see how they vary. And for your second listen of the day, since you made us your first listen, listen to Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the stars of tomorrow. And he loves Oswaldo Cabrera, as I always say. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. Go Big Blue. And I will talk to you all on Monday.